This episode of Spectre Cinema Club is brought to you by Arkham Miskatonic Prison. Do you want your tax dollars put to good use? AMP is not only top-of-the-line security for the most dangerous criminals, but center of cutting-edge scientific research. We got behavioral psychology, rehabilitation, and a new wing dedicated to the studies and reanimation. Arkham Miskatonic Prison, where prisoners leave a changed man, one way or another. Hello, hello, welcome to the Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with subgenre. My name is Devon Taylor. And my name is Gary McDowell. And how you doing, bud? I'm doing just fine. We have that extended intro music now. Oh, well, it, it's actually, it's the same length, it's just not faded the same, um, oh, I but, see. but I fix it in editing. Oh. You, you hear it, I just put that there for, like, whenever we uh, give you guys a little behind the curtain. See how when, the sausage is made. Yeah, when, when I edit things... Uh, I, I play the music like while we're recording just so that way, uh, one, you know, gets us in the vibe a little bit. And That's two, right. it's a, a placeholder for editing. And then because I swap it out with like a version that's like got like the faded yeah. on it. And it's like because uh, I have to add it in after I edit everything else. It's like a it's like a live radio show over here. We're doing live yeah. theater here. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do live things. And uh, uh, contrary to what some may believe, I, I smoke every time, though. That is not recorded. That is. Real bong. Garrett can attest to that. That's right. He blows the smoke in my face every time, <laughs> straps me down. Uh, I try to, yeah, I try to get, dir- I, I, I always do that. I'll like notice. I'm like, shit, that was right. I'm like, oh, let me try and cock over a little bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is uh, the Spectre Cinema Club. Every month we dive into a different subgenre within the horror realms or a series. And for October, as tradition around here, we uh, go through a, a popular franchise and uh, we are. Uh, in the thick of reanimating currently, uh, coming right. to the end of it, actually, end that's, of the trilogy. That's right. While it's uh, Halloween time and lots of other people are talking about a different slasher series, uh, <laughs> or different Halloween uh, uh, spooky controversial series that's definitely got its ups and downs, we're over here just enjoying our time. We're just having a good old time, just a you know, good old silly goose time. And uh, don't worry, we are going to uh, uh, add into uh, the discussion. We're going to cover the DGG trilogy, the the trilogy, the 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 good. I was trying to work in, uh, but we're going to uh, cover those next week for our Halloween extravaganza episode. We got two guests coming on, and uh, we got a spread of opinions, just as Twitter does. So. It's going to be a good time going into there, but uh, we are covering the third entry of the Riam Air series because, yes, there is a third entry. You know how many people I've uh, mentioned this to and they go, wait, there's a third one? <laughs> well, it's because this one was uh, directly released to to sci-fi, uh, had a limited uh, budget and li- even more limited release. And so, yeah, definitely flew under the radar of a lot of people. Myself, uh, a self-proclaimed lover of the first Reanimator film. This was one that I hadn't seen, was aware of. 
Um, but this was kind of a, a new watch for me. Got to see this through uh, a completely new, fresh eyes. So I'm excited to talk about it. It was a, it was a first time for me too. But also think about it though, like uh, legacy sequels are pretty hot right now, right. obviously. And this came out in 2003. Uh, nobody was doing you know 15 year later sequels around this time. I mean, there were a couple here and there, but like uh, this was early on in the legacy sequel game, which yeah, I found fascinating. For sure. And I also wonder like, how did this get made in production wise? Like, was there the somebody at sci-fi who just really loved reanimator and like wanted to bring it back all these years later? Or cause I don't, I don't know what the public conversation was around reanimator <laughs> circa yeah. 2003, but yeah, I don't think anybody was clamoring for another one. And I think, uh, you know, what we'll get into with the film is, you know, what? I'm just uh, I don't think I was clamoring for a third one after the because I feel like uh, uh, Reanimator and Bride actually just work really well as like a one two punch. Yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it's OK to have a duology here and there. You don't need to always have three films. And I yeah. feel like it. they actually just work really well as like they, they I think they complement each other really well. Yeah. And then this third one is kind of the third one of. This isn't completing, uh, you know, a, a three-part story. This is just, hey, if you want another Reanimator movie, here you go. You yeah, and, it. and it's actually kind of a, a bit of a fun fact, but like the time between Beyond Reanimator and the first Reanimator is now officially longer than the time of Beyond Reanimator and today uh, by about one year. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we are, are are quite many years away from uh, this franchise uh, finishing up, or as the Ending, you know, maybe, who knows? Maybe hey. it's a, it's an open door. Herbert hey. West is still out there. I like you know. Uh, after <laughs> watching this third one, and uh, you know, he was able to pick it up after fifteen years. He can do it again. He can pick it up again after twenty years. I'll give me another one. That's I'll right. I'll take a. I'll take another legacy. Legacy and reanimator sequel he was literally down the street in burbank like uh, a few days ago at the son of monster palooza so he's still very involved with this franchise is constantly i'm sure being told how much this franchise means to people so yeah bring it back do something you know the time is now yeah the time is now but uh what we have right now is uh, still a new entry to us at least so mm -hmm. let's go ahead and dive into that one Beyond Reanimator, once again directed by Brian Newsna. Uh, this was released April 4th, 2003, and like Garrett said, uh, it was uh, it premiered on Sci-Fi, and then it was uh, had a limited theatrical run. Uh, the one on Sci-Fi was PG-13, and then the theatrical one was released as R. And then there's also the unrated version that you can find on home media or on Amazon, like mm -hmm. I did. Yeah, the one that I watched uh, was whatever one was on Vudu. There was definitely uh, a lot of uh, swearing and nudity and violence, so it wasn't the sci-fi one. So it was either the R or the unrated one. Yeah, I, I the, can't confirm. the one on Tubi was the rated R one, but the one on Tubi was in 4.3 for some reason. Hmm. Uh, which, I mean, I guess in 2003, if this premiered like on sci-fi, this would have been like the, still in 4.3. The, the CRT TV, TV yeah, kind of situation. I guess. But then but then the unrated one that I watched was uh, full format. So Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I would say uh, I would recommend uh, all three are on Tubi if you just like uh, prefer marathoning them for free in that fashion. Right. However, I would say find the uh, better version of this one uh, for sure. 
So this was a um, a U.S. and Spanish uh, co-production. So pretty much everybody else that worked on this film uh, were Spanish, which I find fascinating. You can kind of see it in the uh, uh, the cast as well, and the, sure. the background actors. It's just kind of hilarious that they didn't like just for some reason set the prison in uh, Spain because it's still in the town where all this took place. Right. But now there's just all these Spanish inmates in there <laughs> randomly. <laughs> Which uh, is definitely to uh, a controversial effect, which we will be talking about yes. as far as some of the inmates in this movie. And again, are, which yeah. I find fascinating because, I mean, the the writer is uh, Mexican or Spanish, uh, written by Jose Manuel Gomez, a score done by Xavier Capellas. Um, that last name he had to go into music. <laughs> and then uh, edited by uh, Bernat uh, Villaplana. And cinematography done by Andrew uh, Rebez. And uh, yeah, so uh, a mainly Spanish crew on there. And then, yeah, fascinating that they would write some of the Spanish characters the way that they do. Yeah, who, who am I to say, of course? Um, sure, but yeah, I sure. felt like, yes, there's definitely some some characterization in this that is is uh, maybe does isn't quite above bar uh, for today's standard standards. But we're for, uh, for sure going to be discussing that. Yeah. And uh, again, I couldn't really find the, the box office number on the theatrical run, but this was produced on three million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which you know, not bad, and I'd say for the budget, the effects look pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. this is in a. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure can uh, can be had moved on by this point, but uh, you know, effects uh, for for a uh, you know direct to uh, uh, direct to cable movie, I'd say it turned out pretty good. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into a little more of that. Uh, this one, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, of fifty five percent, but that's only on eleven reviews. Uh, so it's a slightly higher percentage than Bride, um, but uh, not nearly as many reviews on it. Uh, so the voice of the people over at Letterboxd have this at a 2.7 out of 5. Uh, first one under 3. So this one um, on Letterboxd is rotten. Well, and it's rotten. Rotten Tomatoes, too. So that's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, this one is definitely not the the more popular one out of the trilogy, not only because it's it's maybe lesser seen, um, but yeah, this was, uh, as I said, my first time watching this as was yours. Uh, I don't know about you, but to me, this was one that it's like, it's a straight to sci-fi original. Uh, my, my hopes weren't terribly high for this and they were kind of met at my expectations, mm-hmm. not only because of the kind of just general consensus or lack of consensus for this movie, um, but also just being such a big fan of uh, the first film, especially, and then also surprisingly enjoying the the prior one. Um, this one just doesn't quite live up to what I think that the standard is or kind of means to me um, in regards to tone um, uh, and then some of just kind of the, the zany silliness of everything. And, and yeah, I, I think for a myriad of reasons, this one just kind of falls a bit short for me. Um, but, uh, ultimately didn't, didn't quite hate enjoy, uh, didn't quite hate watching it, but also didn't quite enjoy it either. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say the same. I mean, I was kind of not like very excited to watch it just cause, cause honestly the poster art for this is really bad. It's tough. Yeah. It like, looks it, like it just like looks a, really weird. It looks like a porn parody of, of Reanimator. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so, so I mean, so I just like, yeah, kind of pretty low expectations going in, but honestly, like it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Actually. Like I still laughed. I still mm-hmm. enjoyed, uh, certain scenes. I enjoyed some, uh, some of the ideas that they're going for. Cause Again, this one uh, adds in some more scientific layers, and you guys know me. I love my science. So, like, I mean, 
as far as, like I said, like if I want to see more Herbert West, you know, is he still slinging his one-liners? You bet you he is. You know, uh, Jeffrey Combs slips right back into the role. Right. And, uh, you know, so I mean, if I want more Herbert West and I want, uh, you know, some more body horror and some interesting scientific ideas, then like, yeah, it's it's here. And like, I'd watch it again. Like, it, I'd... Um, but yeah, does it, uh, you know, does it hold up to the quality of the first two? Definitely not. Um, there is just, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, I don't know. There's just a, 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 a magic to it. There's a, there's something, there's a certain aura in the vibe. And I would say this movie still captures the spirit of, you know, reanimator. Like it definitely doesn't feel like an outlier in the trilogy either. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but is it adding anything of uh actual substance not really and i think the comedy because like this one is still goofy and zany i think it just plays a little bit differently because it's the humor of the early aughts which is fucking awful yeah uh this one you know uh like yeah the first two are like mean-spirited and you know have their you know provocative moments to it but this one it felt like they were doing it but not in a I don't know. It it just felt more sleazy. Yeah. You know, some of the some of the um, you know, sexual elements that they're kind of going for. Because sure. I can't say like that the movie doesn't need it because those are always kind of present in this franchise. Um, but it just didn't feel as like I don't know. Uh, it just yeah, felt sleazy. Not not quite as evolved for sure. Definitely a, a little re- regressive, even in some areas. And a little bit. Yeah, we made that clear of kind of what we feel about that scene in the first movie, and the fact that it's you know it's the early two thousands, not necessarily like a more uh, liberal time. Definitely a lot of uh, things to be said about that era, but um, it, it's it's an edge lord time though too, for and like sure. you, and a little bit of that leaks into this. Like I wouldn't say like it's not egregious, but like a little bit is just like eh. Yeah, eh. definitely, and we'll be sure to uh, discuss that as well as some of the many other elements of this movie that are, are questionable, have aged well, uh, maybe others uh, less so. Yeah, but I would say, but at least having again having Brian Usna coming back to direct it. Not that Yuzna is a great director, um, but, you know, at least he is, you know, the he has um, been behind the series from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he brings, you know, that consistency. And I think that definitely helps. And is probably the only reason this got made, honestly, is because he was probably able to, you know, scrape some money together, you know, the, with his Yuzna ways. Yeah. Um, and probably linked to why this is a co-spanish production i'm sure Mm -hmm. i'm sure it was like a tax break thing or something like that (laughs) um so he was able to you know probably scrap it back together yeah he was probably the only one that was going to be able to talk jeffrey combs into coming back you know like and i i think you you could say brian usna is the 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 reanimator himself he is the herbert west behind the scenes he he got all the pieces together stitched together brought new life into this franchise he is the reanimator himself and uh and and speaking of the titular so herbert west is back unfortunately uh dan kane his lover is not Mm, uh one out it, it, well, and it's sad. They, uh, I, I mean, we don't even get a cameo via newspaper clipping. <laughs> uh, we get uh, the only information that we get is that he turned in state evidence against 
West. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're they, they had a falling out, but maybe you know he got a, a you know shortened sent, sentencing. He sold maybe, him out. Maybe he's uh, he's he's you know, at a comfy. Okay. Dan's yeah. at a comfy prison. Yeah. on at, a shortened sentence, or while, maybe like witness protection or something. You know? No, he's not getting off scot free. <laughs> he's he's still he's he's still he still was in all the shenanigans. Like he just he, maybe he gets get a little off. bit more uh, time outside. He's in prison. he's in yeah a uh, uh, minimum security prison. There you go. Not not maximum. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, it's sad to hear that Dan bitched out and sold him out. And I wonder, <laughs> and I wonder if like I mean this is just me thinking about, but like uh, the warden you know beats a lot of people with his cane. Mm-hmm. Is that supposed to be just the stand-in for Dan Kane in this? They go, ah, see, we still got him in here. <laughs> the cane is that the, is that's the worst. That's the worst pun. That's worse than any of mine. <laughs> no, I'm not even saying that's a pun. I'm just saying that's like is that the 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 stand-in for this movie is just like here. No, you still get Dan Kane. Well, there's an actual cane. The, the relationship is is fulfilled. Uh, with uh, young Jason Barry, who portrays Dr. Howard Phillips, as far as like kind of the gun shy, um, young kind of, you know, uh, green behind the gills, uh, you know, kind of doctor who is unsure about all the testing. And you have Herbert West, who's like, come on, we need to really push the boundaries of what we're trying to do here. But, you know, and then he falls in love with a woman, which is uh, definitely will leak into my kind of criticisms of this movie for sure. But uh, yeah, the uh, we get Mr. Kane in some in, in, in some form. He's he's there in spirit. Well, I mean, we might as well talk about while we're talking about characters and while we're here, because yeah, is he a little too close to Dan as far as uh, his like character arc and like uh, motivations and stuff throughout the film? Maybe a little bit, but I also do find like the the angle of uh, making this movie work and why it's existing of him like being there. So he was there, uh, or well, not he was there. Uh, one of the um, corpses escaped from the night of Bride, yeah, and uh, broke into his house and then killed his sister. And then uh, uh, he saw Herbert getting uh, driven away by the police and found a vial of reagent on the ground. Right. Which motivated him to, uh, oh, my God, now I figured out what to put in my uh, what to put in my movie math. Uh, mo- so he sees this and he puts all these pieces again, which motivates him to go to medical school, become a doctor, track down Herbert West to the prison <laughs> to work with him. Um, but I mean, as we kind of see in at the end of the movie, and I think we do see glimpses throughout, I was like, obviously yeah. like, yeah, that event did traumatize him in a big way mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of twists him up because uh, I do like that, uh, one difference between him and Dan is, uh, uh, he's got a little more fire to him. He, he yells at people a lot, uh, specifically that poor nurse. Yeah. Um, there, he, there is a, a lot of funny moments where he's like working on a, on his patient and is just screaming <laughs> at this nurse. Like, uh, uh, Jason Barry, this actor, his first day in too, first day at work, uh, and this is his very first patient who was dead before he arrived. Uh, he is just trying to do uh, CPR, injecting him full of a bunch of medicine, you know, hitting him with the paddles and everything, and he's just screaming at everyone around him. Jason Barry plays this scene like at eleven the entire time, and I was just like, oh my God, he's like going nuclear, and then he just like room. keeps doing it. I'm yeah. just like, God damn, why are you screaming at everybody? <laughs> and now I also just realized we uh, skipped the six. 
60 second synopsis, but I pretty much just explained the. Hey, I was letting you go for it. I was trying <laughs> to tee it up for you, but you you barreled on through. So I'm I'm just riding this way. Did, did I cover it in 60 seconds? Well, I just I mean, I pretty much explained. I actually set my watch. And it's been going on for five minutes now. Oh, well, fail. <laughs> Failure there. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the conceit and setup. Yeah, of this pretty movie. much. Yeah. 30, uh, 13 years uh, after the events of the, the first film. Herbert West. Well, the second film, right? Of or, uh, well, we've got uh, Bride of Reanimator. You know, it takes place in 1990. So I guess if the mathematically, yeah. if you when the year the movie came out, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if you want to go by that, but yeah, uh, it's been well over a decade since the events of the prior two films. Herbert West, uh, he's in prison now um, for for the crimes that he committed. But yeah, somebody from his past comes back from the crimes that he had committed and is, is influenced by Herbert West and tries to, you know, even reanimate this sense of uh, exploration and discovery within Herbert West, uh, even though pieces of it had really never quite left, for sure. We get to see him in prison doing some experiments, which is something that I was excited to see because we talked about that in Bride, is knowing that this one takes place in prison. I was like, mm-hmm. he's not going to really have the resources, so... What do we see him do? Well, he like takes out the light bulb and uses the fixture in his cell mm-hmm. and is working on rats that he has, you know, captured and all that kind of stuff, which I really loved. But then ultimately just kind of goes back to having the exact same resources that were there uh, before, which is one of the elements I didn't love in this is oh. I, I didn't feel like the prison really offered that many challenges for him. Mm. He still kind of has most okay. of the, everything at his disposal. In fact, he even continues his research to say it's like his best work because well, he, he he invents this new kind of missing piece to the puzzle mm-hmm. that kind of eliminates that animalistic, you know, bloodthirsty sort of quality that we see in some of these reanimated corpses from the prior films. I mean, I, I, I yes, I, I agree. I mean, yes, we do get that nice scene at the beginning. Again, I like that's just a nice characterization of, you know, showing off his intellect. And uh, and I thought I thought it worked nicely. And uh, introducing this new element uh, is, you know, we saw that happen in the previous one, too. Like the previous one, it was, okay, I found this uh, shit from these iguanas to, like, add in. And yeah. now it's um, uh, this uh, nanoplasm that is extracted from the brain. Through electrocution, but yeah. it has to be uh, collected while they're living as they die. It's, it's the same kind of... It's it's a meaner Monsters, hey. Inc. It's literally hey. Monsters, Inc. Like, instead of them screaming, it's just like their pain before death that he just captures yeah. in a vial. <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, I I mean, yeah. I mean, again, like, it, does the science check out? Maybe not. But, hey, yeah. they tried. It's and, there. And, and I'm happy. We also... I was very happy to see that this is an early 2000s science fiction movie where we have to do the we have to go inside and see the veins and the blood and everything like yep. x-men style and literally any other movie that could, like hulk or whatever any other movie that could have that this yes. movie was sure to have that which i was very happy to see i was like oh man taking me back this that is, like is very 2000s most... uh, kind of trope here 100 percent. that is the most 2000 aspect of it oh uh, yeah x-men did it uh ang lee's hulk did it which came out the same year as this right yeah uh, uh, literally uh, so many others that's a that's a letterbox list waiting to happen oh, uh, movies shit. where we see like the inside of the human <laughs> inside body with blood science and, oh yeah inside uh yeah inside science there you go <laughs> there we go all right well we'll make that list uh, exactly. one of us will and uh but yeah and and yeah so he you know leverages that with uh you know uh my, my problem is is uh phillips and them like kind of just uh introducing that like so early 
of just being like, no, okay, here. Like, I don't know. Maybe I kind of wanted a, a little... Would Phillips have been a little bit more interesting if there was like a mystery, more of a mystery, you know, that... In regards to him having this new agent or... As to him, like, like you know, what he... Well, I guess, I guess then the cold open wouldn't matter. Like, what if they didn't have the cold open and then it just picks up there and then we, like, get, like, flashes and then we, like, get the flashback later that, like, he was the kid that, like, I don't know. Do, do you like knowing that information early on or do you think that just, like... That he was, like, influenced by this killing yeah. happening when he was a kid? Um, I, I think I like it kind of inherently. I think it's cool uh, to see that... Somebody who was younger at this time was mm-hmm. influenced by it. Maybe the same way that kids at the time watching Reanimator really liked the movie, and that maybe have like influenced their taste, mm-hmm. you know, as as film fans. I like that. I also think it was funny that when uh, we it is revealed to us that Phillips is that kid, I went out loud. I was like, "Oh, he's the kid!" And then uh, uh, Phillips says, "I was the kid." <laughs> like the the way he phrases it was really funny, uh, and he said the exact same thing that I said, which was great. Uh, but yeah. I, I think it's just ultimately a little I was just confused that he looked up to Herbert or was so willing to kind of go along with it in a way, considering how much like trauma it mm-hmm. you know it kind of inflicted on Phillips that the death of his sister didn't quite impact his character in the way that I maybe expected, which isn't a bad thing. Like he kind of has this weird sort of guilt for what happened in an odd way. And I just don't know if it's like fully developed enough to for me mm-hmm. to like really like it i think it's an interesting idea but it's just not yeah it's not quite there and maybe i guess that's why it's more streamlined of like i said like more it's i like the angle i just like i think i thought it was like oh they could have maybe made that like a b plot mystery angle yeah. to it especially with uh laura being a reporter yeah like that could have also tied into their kind of stuff of her like figuring being like oh this is why you're here because you wanted to work with him right like like so that's why i'm saying like what if you just took out the cold open uh which would suck because that reanimated uh corpse with no lower jaw and the tongue it's a good look fantastic it's a that good looked look. so good and uh, drinking the milk yeah I, I will say it set me for uh unrealistic expectations because i expected the rest of the movie to look that good like i think that's some I of the, the best of i i wasn't as big of a fan i think i think they're a little few and far between and I, having watched the movie they really kind of throw a lot at the end of the movie which i was like okay that makes sense why they're not quite there throughout the rest of the movie because they kind of yeah. bookend it which was i guess more mm-hmm. of my issue is like i think this the series doesn't need to have crazy effects like there is some mm-hmm. fun silly stuff in the series that's always been there that you cut a hole in a table and you put a guy's head through everybody knows what the trick is but it's just it's silly in a in a fun b camp kind of way the same way i had mentioned uh the brain that wouldn't die an old you know serial b movie almost kind of like ed wood style that kind of stuff is fine like i don't need it to be this groundbreaking stuff but you know, there are some some uh, effects in this that I, I think are impressive, but that's just maybe a little infrequent for me, which kind of ultimately just ties into my bigger issue is this movie is just so serious a lot of the time. And I think that this franchise is a sillier, like campier franchise, and it kind of loses sight of that until the end of the movie yeah. when all hell starts to break loose. Then I'm kind of like, oh, there it is. There's a rat, you know, biting the severed penis. And then there's this man morphing into a rat like that kind of shit is great. But yeah. a lot of it, it's just kind of like, I don't know, just kind of jogging in place for a little bit. It's it's not quite as engaging as I think some of the other films or uh, 
are, are as weird as some of the other films are either. Yeah, no, the, it definitely does not go to the same zaniness until the end, for sure, uh, which I'm glad. I mean, if this movie was going to be set in a prison and we didn't have a prison riot finale, for sure, would have definitely been disappointed. Yeah. So I'm glad we at least got it. Chekhov's and, prison riot, I yes. think is the term for it. And uh, and yeah, I guess that is what we kind of need at the beginning, because yeah, the, the first like, yeah, 40 minutes or so that like, yeah, we have a few little outbursts of like, you know, like uh, the stuff with the um, uh, inmate Moses um, which again, all the other names are like so on the dot on the dot. Yeah, uh, the other prisoners, Caesar, and then one hundred percent. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it, 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 and we also have Sergeant Moncho, not Macho, Sergeant Moncho. <laughs> and then uh, and yeah, because like the the first is like they are trying to uh be serious about like certain uh ideas, especially like you know Laura is. Uh, invested or you know doing this piece on the the warden and his like thoughts of you know rehabilitation or lack thereof rather and uh so it's like the movie is like again like you know not that this movie series hasn't uh you know challenged uh you know human morality in some way but this one they're like really going for it and him being like no, I don't believe in rehabilitation. I believe in what works. And then like, you know, which, and then ties into his like fucking mania at the end where he's like, I want to punish people, but for forever. Cause yeah. I want to kill people, but death is too fast. Really and, like, makes you think, you know? Y- y- yeah. So they, they're, they're really going for some big ideas. The PTSD with Phillips on top of that. Again, uh, behavioral imprinting is a uh, part of it with uh, the the brain plasm switching. So it's like they yeah. are really going for like a lot of like the big things. It's like, yeah, we really don't need all of that. Like, Well, I, I think something that I, as far as just kind of the ambition of this, I like that it takes uh, West's uh, experiments to like the next logical place. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that, that the science of everything, it's silly and it's, it probably doesn't check out. I don't need it to. But I like that in the first film is is kind of the, the entry level where he's still working on the serum. The second one, he's kind of perfected that, but wondering... Okay, well, if I can reanimate these parts individually, what happens if I stitch them all together? And then this one, it's like, okay, well, there's still that animalistic quality. How do we kind of limit mm-hmm. that so this is actually practical, which which introduces that? But yeah, as far as like the 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 themes and the ideas and everything, I think it's scattershot enough to where, um, yeah, a lot of it is like relatively under underbaked. I think a lot of it's is pretty character based. Uh, so. Each of these kind of characters are, are, are dealing with their with their own struggles, but um, ultimately, it's not necessarily compelling enough for me to be super uh, intrigued by it. But it's not underdeveloped enough to where it like really bothers me. I guess it, in this movie, it's it's a little bit more of an afterthought for me. I suppose, mm-hmm. yeah. It just feels heavy for yeah. some reason. It just makes yeah. it. It just makes it I'll feel agree with a little that for heavy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, even though I like the ideas, it's just like if they could have explored or like introduce them in this first half in a more fun way yeah then you know i think maybe it would have made for like a more uh, thorough experience all the way through i think it seems like you and i have like a similar sort of uh like i guess opinion of it but maybe like what contributes to that is maybe Mm -hmm. a little different as far as like you and i are like this is a very fun movie (laughs) uh it's kind of lacking in some of that energy that some of the prior ones have uh, but maybe uh, for for uh, maybe even for various and a myriad of reasons. Yeah, and I mean, but again, I appreciate that you know this isn't a phoned in you know attempt though. No. Like this is them; they have fresh ideas that they're working with. 
Uh, I think switching it to the prison setting is nice. Why don't we have more horror movies set in prison? You know, uh, I was I was I was kind of uh, looking through the the movie math in, in preparation for that, and there you're right. There's really not um, a lot of them that are set in that way. And if they are, it's more of like big concept pieces, like the platform, like Netflix is the platform, uh, or even like you know uh, isolated like a saw or a cube or something like that to where it's not like a you know a conventional sort of prison but you're, yes. you're, you're right it, there's not a lot of horror movies that are set in a kind of conventional societal prison yes yeah and i i find that fascinating and uh you know and and you know it makes sense but then also like i feel like it still wasn't used to uh the degree that it could have been um i kind of expected there to be just like more uh you know like like it would have been interesting if uh the warden knew sooner and then like what and he was allowing west to like experiment on them because he's like oh well these are just these are prison inmates condemned to hell i don't care about them yeah. sure go ahead or that if might i have been I, interesting in me kind of punishing them they they die eventually from death and what if i could reanimate them and just continue doing which know, inflicting this punishment on them which we do see in perhaps the just darkest visual gag of this movie is the, the bunch of inmates they're hanging but they're just still like writhing because yeah. it's like they're dying but reanimate it's like i was like Whew, I was like, damn. I was like, that is dark, actually. Like, because he said it. He was like, yeah, if I just kept punishing them e eternally, you know. But, like, so what if they would have introduced that, you know, uh, the warden's psychology of that, like, a little bit earlier, I think would have been fascinating. So uh, let's talk about the warden, who is kind of. Let's, let's, let's talk about the warden. <laughs> so he is, you know, our uh, kind of stand in for, for the hill type character. Um, you know, the, the actors kind of even going forward in a similar ish performance. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, he is gross. He is disgusting. <laughs> I hate him. Yeah. But I mean, does he do what he's supposed to do for the role of it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He's kind of got the, the Shawshank Redemption sort of, you know, obviously he's a prison warden. He's got to be corrupt. He's got to be doing some, some shady stuff for sure. Um, I think ultimately for me, he's kind of just a little one note of just like, He's just misogynist, and he inflicts a lot of like violence on the women in this. And he movie. gets off on power, is yeah. what it is. Between yeah. how he treats the women and how he treats the inmates, he he gets off on power. Like that's For his sure. whole thing. Yeah, and I guess it's just not. I don't know if the actor doesn't bring the same sort of silliness that you know we've we've seen in in some prior you know uh, mm -hmm. uh, villains of this series who yes. are also like men in positions of power, and you know also do some some bad things to some some people and like i think that yeah i don't know if it's the actor or what i just didn't quite have the the maybe the the enjoyment of it here again and maybe it's just another symptom of it's this movie is just not as fun as it maybe it should be or hey maybe introduce the rat stuff earlier because yes, she starts like that, morphing into a that's rat that's what it is pretty later into this movie and uh it's kind of fun he's literally like squeaking and everything but that, it's, there's no like, that's 100 percent yeah. what needed to happen is yeah. they should have did that sooner because then it's like oh, okay cool this gross guy is you know literally acting like a rat crawling around on all fours and looks fucking ridiculous for sure yes like we want that for this character because like and that's what they do with hill like that's what you know like uh you know humbles him in a way uh because you know he's such a he's also such a creepy and disgusting character but then he's right. immediately reduced to uh a head in a tin and then a flailing body sure so it's like 
instantly now he's and then in the second one take it a step further now let's throw bat ears on him because what the hell hell yeah <laughs> you know so so yeah like I think they uh, definitely needed to um, cut him down a little bit sooner rather than just like you know a series of him being you know creepy and nasty yeah uh, you know he, he, again you know it, it's kind of a it's, it, that's always a trope too and just in any prison movie the the wardens always suck. I, when when's the last time you've seen a prison movie with a nice warden in it? It, it I don't think it exists. <laughs> I'm trying to think here. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe cars. Like he's not in a prison. Kind of in the same situation though. Cars. Well, the got, Pixar movie. The, what the, the there's the, a pri- well he's like a cop and I guess like that's McQueen a sheriff. Is, that's it, not the same. I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. He's but not no. a warden. We we as we should we should we should uh, uh you know <laughs> knock the prison system down when we can. I'm just saying the sheriff the sheriff from Cars was was. <laughs> <laughs> All cops are bastards except for that one guy. He's no, okay. true, true, <laughs> true. Dad. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it could have been just um, yeah, played a, a a little differently. And I guess that is just like you know, it, it, as interesting of a setting prison can be, it is just generally horrific and dour. So I mean, I guess it's how can you make this more fun? You know, I'm like, telling you, a, a rat warden. There you go. That's the simple. That's the simple diagnosis. Yeah, so uh, would have would have definitely taken that um, for sure. And then uh, we have uh, reporter Laura. Uh, wasn't that Francesca's profession in the second movie as well? What was Francesca? Oh, you know me. I as as far as she was, a, I think she was like a writer or something too. Um, yeah, I would have to I would have to fact check that. But uh, yeah, this uh, the actress uh, who is um, in uh, this in this role here portraying this journalist, which is something that she'll, she she tells like every character that she meets in this movie, which I thought was really funny. Uh, but Laura, played by uh, Elsa Patank- Pataki, 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 uh, is a Fast and Furious alum and then is also married to one Mr. That's Chris Hemsworth. I yeah. was wondering what. Uh, OK, I was like I saw like. I was like, I know that last name, Elsa Pataki. I was like, I know that name. Where do I know that from? There we go. Thank you. you. Um, I like her. Um, At first, I thought she was going to kind of be a little bit more of just the, uh, uh, you know, like kind of whatever. But then we kind of see like, you know, at least, at least if she's, (laughs) at least if she's being assaulted, she's uh, has a little bit more agency as far as like, you know, like at first, you know, we see her like in the in the situation. She's getting just like fucking creeped and groped on by the warden, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and you know, she's and she's gonna leave the story. But then, you know, uh, after a pep talk from uh from Phillips, then she's like, you know what? No, I'm gonna use this, and I'm gonna use my power as a woman journalist. And it's like, ah, I mean, again, like. Is it is that also tropey where it's like, well, it's okay if, you know, she's doing it because then, like, she's making the choice. But then at the same time, it's like, or we can just, no, we don't have to have her try to seduce this warden just to kind of get, you know, story things to go forward. But, yeah. but at the same time, I do think she has uh, more depth uh, than I anticipated. She has more character to her than Francesca has in uh, the last movie, so... Um, I actually like her. I think she, uh, even though her and Phillips's dialogue is so corny, um, I think she does her best uh, to sell it. And then even later when she's getting to kind of do more weirder stuff after she's been reanimated, she uh, she becomes pretty fun. Yeah. Um, as far as like some of the supporting characters of this guy, I think just generally you had mentioned some of the dialogue. I think that that's a, a big issue with this movie in general is a, I don't know if it's the way it's 
written, uh, performed, acted, uh, whatever. I think there's also a fair amount of ADR in this movie. I don't know if it was because, like, maybe they thought their accents were too thick and so they redubbed them later. I don't know, but I feel like... I think that was the case with the the, the main guard, with yeah, uh, Lieutenant 100%. Mancho. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's uh, definitely a lot of performances in this that are quite stilted and just yeah, not great, we'll say. Um, but yeah, I think as far as she is concerned, the fact that... A lot of her character does just revolve around sex. Uh, I, it, you know, either being the the victim or using it to her ad- advantage was just something that I was just uh, not not hugely impressed by or, or a, a big fan of. And then also just kind of I found it just to be well, we have to have this other reluctant doctor character with Herbert, and he's got to be in love with somebody who ultimately will. They'll need to make that tough choice. Are you going to make that, you know, are you going to reanimate them? Or are you going to let them die? And for me, I was just kind of like, yeah, we've seen this, you know? Yes. No, it, it very much is like rinse and repeat on the on the format. Yeah. Even though, again, then they also introduce like an idea too late uh, where Phillips uh, can't tell them apart, where he keeps calling her Emily when right. he's like kind of has broken by that point psychologically. They could have used that early on, too, to kind of sure. uh, put a little difference between it. Um, it's just like, it, again, this is like very much the early 2000s thing where they go, okay, yeah, we'll give her agency, but her agency is I'm going to use my body and, you know, everything. And sure. So it's like it's regressive agency in a way, you know, it's yeah. like, well, she but she's taking back her sexual power. And it's like, yeah, but still like yeah. it, it's still just it, it's not doing what you think it's doing. Like, I feel like that's like such a very early aughts thing that happened uh was a, a revolution of women being like yeah i'm a or it, women in movies right being like yeah let me take back my sexual power and i'm gonna weaponize it you know and i felt like uh that was kind of odd except i will say it did work for me a little bit where she's like kind of flipping back and forth between her and the warden and she's like fucking standing over philip and like putting her fucking foot in his face and shit yeah. and i'm just like and and she was wearing that outfit because she was going to seduce the, the, the warden or whatever. So it's like release. And now she just looks like a reanimated dominatrix. I was yeah. like, okay, this kind of works for me. In what way? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think that there's a, a lot of elements of this film that make me hesitant to give this even the slightest bit of credit because like one of the other nurses in this movie yes, is literally literally nurse. just wearing a lab coat with like a, a red lace bra under it uh, and is just like cleavage and getting yelled at the entire time literally. like that's her character uh, and then at the uh, towards the end of the movie during the riot she gets attacked by one of the the prisoners who takes off her her, her blouse and just like starts this yeah it's not good <laughs> it's, it's pretty no. pretty uncomfy uh, and then uh, um, and then it's like and for a minute I thought they were going to subvert it because like she's like yeah, and then he like it's like because this is the Moses the the religious inmate who's right. been like you know been saying like about being condemned and all this stuff and then like has a moment where he's just like oh like and i thought she was gonna get out of it by like playing with it being like yeah no you're forgiven blah blah blah. and i thought right. like 
but then no, he still fucking bites her tits. I was like, God damn it. Like, come on, leave this nurse alone. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the, the other character who's literally on her knees barking and everything. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not a good look. I will say the gnawing off of the penis and throwing to the rat. Thank goodness. Uh, a little yes. bit of redemption points, but not much. Yes. Uh, some redemption points. Also, uh, ratty versus the, the reanimated dick in the At credits. The credits was really great. Yeah. Nice. More, nice of, little more touch. of that energy throughout the movie, please. Yeah. It, it seemed like, yeah, everything came a little a little too late uh is i like because like the third act of the movie is like yeah like it feels like that feels the most reanimator for out sure of like you know as far as the tone goes so even it's like, as far as like the score is concerned like it really gets more playful and kicks in mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie whereas before they're just kind of using like uh whispers of the of the theme yeah. um, i like the i like the little tweaks on uh on the opening credits of yeah. the of the main theme uh where we have because uh, I'll say Xavier, for the most part, like kind of still kept uh, with the same uh, themes that a, a band was using. Yeah. Uh, but I, like in this one, like the little tweak is it's just like kind of taken down a couple notches and like has like uh, some more yeah. lower end to it. And yeah. Yeah, I was like, OK, I kind of like that. Yeah, wasn't sure how I felt about it initially, but uh, as the as the intro went on, I seemed to really like it. So, yeah, it, it, it gets a pass. Yeah. So, yeah, if they would have just kind of did. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, more of what they were doing in the third act, um, you know, a little bit sooner, like, cause it, I mean, this is 90 minutes. It's not like super long or anything. And, uh, it's not that I don't like you know, it, again, like, cause the first half too is, I think it's too much Phillips and, uh, yeah. and he is just like that, that actor, he has a couple scenes where he's like decent, but then, but then he has other scenes where he's just like so bad. Yeah. And um, I feel yeah, like I, I know it's a straight to sci-fi movie, but there were multiple scenes in this movie where I was just like, oh, woof. You know, the, a lot of the performance in this are, are, are pretty tough. And again, I don't even know if it's a script issue, even a dubbing issue. Like, who I knows? I think it's a little bit of everything because yeah. then, yeah, we have uh, the, the inmate Caesar who is, uh, you know, has to say essay or amigo after like every single Ridiculous. line. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Every single yeah. line. And again, it's like, uh, from what I can tell, the, the writer of this movie is Spanish yeah. uh, or, um, or or is Latino in some way. So I'm like, yeah. Uh, what are you, what are you it's, doing, it's, my man? It's that Hollywood thing of uh, we've got a Mexican character. They better say Bendejo. <laughs> yeah. Gotta say Bendejo. Gotta say essay. Gotta throw them all in there. Um. But I do like that uh, he is reduced to uh, half a half a body swinging around and Which running around later. You want to talk about the effects? Uh, no good. No, just... that that's the worst effect in this. I will say that because yeah, because I'll, I'll say all the skin and like body stuff is still practical, like usual, like yeah. um. Uh, but that one, it's like because they're trying to use like CGI camera trick, green screen stuff, yeah. and like. When there's a wide shot, you can see it. Like yeah, see there's the, like a the blurred, lo- yeah, like feathering around his, mm-hmm. his guts and everything. And it is, yeah, it is. Especially the scene where he's on top of Herbert and he and Herbert has yeah. to like kick him off or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's so clunky. No, no good. Uh, there are a few like fun kind of just like again, you don't need to have a budget to do this stuff. But there's a scene early on where like the the police officer is taking some of the the like the severed limbs from the crime scene. He tries to put like he has a severed arm in his hand. Yeah. Tries to put it in the bag and there's like a little bit of a Texas switch where like another hand comes up and like starts attacking him like that stuff is like get a prosthetic hand and that stuff is kind of free you know like you don't have to do these crazy elaborate or I'm sure they could have just had somebody like underneath sure. the camera just have their arm up in the bag that's <laughs> what I'm saying yeah like yeah. that that kind of stuff to me is is 
creative and 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 fun and doesn't need to have this uh super elaborate uh qualities to it there is is one scene where there is a, a prison inmate who is thing just is like he's a drug addict and he just tries to get any of the the drugs the prison will offer him and uh he has started taking west's uh serum when he's alive, which yep. I think is kind of a fun thing. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we haven't really seen that before. Like, what does that do to you? Uh, and it blows you up. Like, it, you just explode. Uh, but having been injected with the serum, he's, he's still, still alive. alive. And so his body has exploded. But and it's just, just like, like goopy. Like, hey, can I have another hit, man? Like, it's it's kind of fun. I like yeah, that. Yeah. No, again, yeah. More visual gags yeah. uh, with uh, the reanimated uh, kind of stuff. Because, like, yeah, in the first half, it's mainly experimenting on the rat. It's like, well, there's no fun in this. Yeah. Like, there, there, there's nothing funny you can do with this, you know? So, um, yeah, the, we, we don't have, like, any of that visual humor um, and doesn't really get embraced until a little bit later. Which is why I think that this franchise, like, could totally work today. Like, you, I think there's a real appetite for a lot of, like, practical effects driven sight gags and also Mm -hmm. like a you know having a sense of humor about things i know that for a long time maybe even in the early 2000s when this was made people were like humor in horror no thanks you know like that just wasn't really something that a lot of people wanted but i think you look at movies like malignant or even recent ones like barbarian like there is a a thirst and an appetite for movies that have a sense of humor to them and are a little silly um and uh hopefully you know maybe if not something like this and and other movies for sure i would totally be down with uh another just zany body horror kind of horror comedy here i think it could totally work i mean yes the the ending we do totally see herbert just walks away he takes philip's identity and he is out in the world somewhere uh we could easily do and and again like a, a in like the differences in an older herbert west you know would be fascinating and then like you said like yeah in the early 2000s it was just like we yeah we like minimal laughs because like you can't really have horror without any comedy at all you know even and then so even with this one they're still like okay we still got put in a few more but like no we're still pretty serious though you know yeah um and yeah, so I, I think a uh, uh, reanimator with this uh, similar kind of injury. Yeah, I love that you threw out Malignant. I think that is like the perfect tone uh, for for a reanimator movie. And sure. I would say, and obviously, uh, you know, I think Jeffrey Combs is the 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 biggest highlight of this film because I mean he really does just like kind of ease right back into West and and, oh, yeah. and I really love it. Like he still has. Uh, some really, uh, really great lines of dialogue. Uh, she's not getting any fresher. Yeah. Uh, really great. Um, the, even the the first interaction like that we see uh, him have with uh, the guard that like reintroduces us to Herbert after mm-hmm. he's doing the experiment just like reminds you again like of like his like wit like when he's explaining the word dubious to the guard <laughs> and then the guard is like using it later. Yeah. Um. So it's like you know we we definitely get. Uh, really good ones. Uh, saying guilty is charged before he electrocuted the the good warden, stuff. melts his face off. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, he. he I mean, and it, and it's fascinating because when you think about it, one thing you forget in the first two is they are uh early early in med school, so they're about twenty three, twenty four. They were yeah, they're they're our age, slightly younger than us in those first two movies. Sure. Um. So canonically, here he would be late thirties. Uh, which, I mean, yeah, feels about right, even though Jeffrey Combs is probably a little older by that point. Yeah. 
I love how they didn't even try to de-age him down in any way for that opening in the in the cold open. Yeah, he's just it's just him. Yeah, which you know, and and that I guess what you put a wig on him. I don't know. You know, well, it's just like just yeah, they, they couldn't like shadows or something. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't like get the wrinkles out of his face, and they just have him not talk. They're just like we're just gonna not have him say anything. Whatever. Yeah, like, it's, close good, it's good enough. It's a three million dollar budget. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I found it funny, but uh, but I mean he. You know, and and I like the idea of like, you know, that, yeah, like what he's, um, you know, because he, he, he kind of feels a little bit slightly more human in this one because he has just had all this time to like kind of think a little bit, but then he's also a little bit colder too. Um, like, it, it's funny, it's like he understands the psychology of Phillips and like yeah. what's going on in his head, and but he also like, this is West at... You know, in the first two, he would always say, like, no, I didn't kill them or I didn't kill that. In this one, he's just like, yeah, no, I had to do what I had to do. I got to yeah. do what I got to do in this moment. Well, he's so. already in prison, I guess, you know. True. Uh, also, yeah. That. Jeffrey Combs definitely plays Herbert with a little bit more, like, pensiveness. Like, he's not as, I got in the first one, he's pretty energetic. Um, and I think that that's smart to play him is that he gets older like we all do. We're just tired. <laughs> uh, and I think that he plays him also with the sense of, like, I'm not only smarter than everyone around me, but I'm, like, drastically smarter than everyone around me. Like, people don't even know what words I'm using. And I think that he does use that to his advantage sometimes, which is fun. Yeah, the warden even uh, calls that out and like how much he hates that. And he's like, yeah. like, oh, man, he just really thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And it's like, well, yeah, he totally he is. is for sure. <laughs> um, I will say one continuity uh, mistake that they do in this is calling him doctor. He did not finish med school, people. That's he is true. not a doctor. They kept calling him doctor in this one. Mm, as we had mentioned, yeah, he is as much of a doctor as Dr. Oz is. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah, he, uh, I like the, the word that you use pensiveness. Like that's definitely like what I feel. So I would be intrigued to see what, um, he would be like 20 years from now. Like, cause I guess in this, he would have to like, um, you know, kind of be more reclusive, I think would be interesting. Like yeah. if he had just like some like little lab, like in a cabin in the woods or something. Yeah. That's something I had already mentioned is like, I, I really wanted to see him kind of have this, this, these a difficulty achieving the experiments that he wants to achieve uh, and, and have this resources really stripped from him so we can really truly see his intellect like at play. Cause I, I think that that was, was uh, a definite appeal to this idea mm -hmm. of him being in prison, which isn't uh, fully uh, explored, but yeah, having it, uh, you know, if he's really laying low, like what is he still able to accomplish or, um, or, you know, how, how is his, uh, experiments able to be developed in a way that doesn't draw attention to himself? I think it'd be interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's a, and there's a line, uh, whenever he's like going off on, uh, on, uh, the warden where he's like, you know, those three years in solitary, I did my best work in there, yeah. uh, which I found fascinating. I, yeah, I will love to have seen like a flashback to that of like when he really has, next to no supplies you know right. and like okay yeah what were you working on in there like how are you doing stuff right. like yeah um i i found that really fascinating but then i love that this is also classic herbert too because he's packing up a bag and he's ready to just like leave during the riot but instead goes you know what no i need to do one more experiment <laughs> on the warden and yeah. uh you know uh to put the the rat brain plasm in him and see if the if they do uh cross over or whatever and, uh, you know, but then the warden ends up, you know, knocking him undead and then, yeah. uh, you know, keeps the finale going. So I love how that is just classic Herbert that he just couldn't resist, you know, being like, 
oh, well, you know, then I yeah. fucking hate this guy. So like, let he, me go he, ahead. And he's do this. a rascal. He's a little rascal. And, and even when uh, the the when uh, Howard is asking him, like, wait, wait, what do you mean? The warden's dead. And then uh, <laughs> he doesn't even say anything. This is the one time he doesn't have a line. He literally just turns his face, and then Phillips <laughs> goes, "God damn you!" And then he goes. Religion had nothing to do with this. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, kind of what we're talking about as far as like towards the end, it sort of recaptures that DNA. But in that middle bit there just sort of drags and in a way that is surprising considering how short the movie is. Like you would think it would have that uh, real pace to it. But yeah, uh, I think around the kind of the the two thirds mark, I was like, all right, what's going on here? Like, uh, when are we going to get kind of back to to what this franchise is is sort of known for, which is what I would expect. If you're going to resurrect this franchise mm-hmm. so far after the original one, I think you would try to recapture some of that magic. But going in a different direction, is it sure is different. I'll give it that. Yeah. I mean, at least, uh, again, like, I guess we can go ahead and start folding into our final thoughts here. Um, again, I, I, you know, I found this watchable. I found this uh, nice that it wasn't just a rehash. I saw, like, a... There were some other reviews that were like, it's essentially a remake of the first one. I was like, not really. I mean, yes, but also they are still doing enough different ideas that I wasn't uh, thinking about the first one. Maybe we weren't thinking about the first one enough. And that is kind of part of the uh, problem here. There is just a, there's just a touch of magic that just isn't quite there. Yeah. Um, um, I've noticed a lot this year. It, I've been talking about movies and tones. I've uh, used the word calibration quite often. Like mm-hmm. the, this movie is just slightly the, the calibration is just slightly off. Like it's there, but just not dialed yeah. in, you yeah. know, to where it truly needs to be. Um, and I think it's like under it's under calibrated in this one because like there's a little bit of goof and zane, but uh, we definitely could have used a little bit more of it. Um, but again, I, I think it's just nice to, again, like this is like, if you just want to watch another reanimator movie and you don't really feel like rewatching the first one for the hundredth time. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and throw this one on. It's fine. It'll, it'll, uh, give you, um, uh, enough of what you want. I think, um, I think the effects are pretty solid uh, as far as like some of the skin stuff. It's a lot of still practical. We still get geysers of, uh, spray blood and uh, also, plenty of pus and everything. Yeah, we get pus innards. Um, they they did a new thing in this one. Like when people are uh, injected with their reagent, like their uh, their mouth just starts like foaming yeah, before they're their, reanimated. Their eyes kind of gloss over, which was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they like added uh, some some little different tidbits in there. And uh, again, I like the uh, the the scientific additions and that it is a you know. Uh, continuing evolution of his research like this actually does the series does feel like a a log you know of of a mad scientist and yeah. like you know the the phases that he's went through with this singular idea and the mm-hmm. idea of how mad scientists like kind of fixate on these things for so long and for um you know for through the thick and thin yeah. of it all so um but as far as um you know do the supporting characters uh, quite uh, bring the, bring it the same way that uh, Jeffrey Combs does. No, not quite. But again, this has the spirit of the Reanimator franchise. Uh, so you know, I'll give it a, I'll give it a three out of five. It's barely making three out of five though. Uh, out of three barely. out of five, are we saying uh, three out of five rat rats. corpses? Okay, yeah, there you three go. out of four. Three out of five rap corpses, um, barely there. Barely, uh, yeah. For me, uh, a lot echo a lot of what you were saying. Um, I think that there are some elements of the prior films that are um, brought back up again, and then there are some elements that are missing. But I actually think 
both of those facts are detriments to this movie because the things that they bring back are like character interactions um, and the character dynamic, uh, which I just wasn't particularly compelled by. But I think what they're omitting is a lot of the tone and the energy and the fun. Um, and with that comes kind of the zany qualities of some of the special effects that I felt like are kind of just held off in a way that might be practical, like budget wise. You know, they, they probably don't have all the resources that a, you know, a, a feature film, uh, you know, uh, might have or this is like a direct to TV, especially in the early 2000s where TV was just so different than what it is now. Um, I'm sure that that definitely wasn't an aspect. And they want the finale to be a finale, which I do feel is kind of reflected in the overall product. Um, a lot of the performances just aren't great. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, technical ADR sort of stuff, which I, I think impacts uh, a lot of my engagement with the film emotionally. Um, ultimately, just left me a little cold. I think that there's some interesting ideas as far as like what Herbert's doing. I think some of the setting has the potential of being interesting. Um, uh, and uh, ultimately, I enjoy being in this world. Um, I just wish it was uh, maybe a, a explored a little bit more thoroughly. So for me, I'm, I'm reserving this for the two and a half out of five rats, which for me is like, I don't feel super negatively about this movie, but also don't feel super positively. Uh, and the, the two and a half are movies that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to forget that I watched this in like a week. Yeah. I mean, it's a two and a half uh, film for me and then I give it that half star uh, as if uh, to say yes I'd watch this again gotcha. like I would I would willingly watch it again yeah it's like kind of what gives it enough to just be just positive just enough, enough for me you know? yeah if, if this was a, in like a collection or something I'd be like yeah whatever I, I might check out like some behind the scenes featurettes or some commentaries or something like that yeah and I will say there was a uh, one interesting moment <laughs> where um ooh actually I'll save that for movie math but my question was gonna be if we were gonna get more reanimator uh would you want it in another movie or would you want it in a series ooh interesting um I think the the series aspect could be interesting um but ultimately I think the I think if you were to explore this just with kind of like TV nowadays to where it's like we're going to do 12 episodes and they're going to be 45 minutes a piece. I don't know if Reanimator is necessarily suited for that sort of um, uh, that sort of format. I would be fine with just like another fun movie, a Shudder original or even like a Hulu original. Like I don't need this to be some you know you know 75 million dollar budgeted film um i think that this is is thrives on having some cheesier practical effects which i'm sure would help with the budget um so for me yeah i'm i'm fine with like a, a feature length movie but you can send it to hulu like something like that is it was totally at home for something yeah i think i think uh i think the only way to do it is if the only way to do it if a series would they would have to like start with like a very young Herbert West. Like we'd have to start with his like how we're he got de age him when he was in well, exactly, and that would be a thing. Couldn't do it. If we want Combs back, it would have to be another movie with old man Herbert. Yeah. Um but if you're gonna do a series like cause like we have uh when he was studying under the mentor in Europe, we could go even before that. We could start with high school Herbert if you want, but that would be the worst route to go probably but that's what they would do um it, young sheldon move over oh, god uh, here comes young herbert <laughs> that would be uh completely ridiculous yeah just looking at like who owns the rights to this um uh 
um, uh, Brian Usna, who d- directed this movie, where pro- it was produced by him, and he has like his own production company for this. So um, I don't think that getting the rights to that would be uh, terribly difficult. Obviously, the H.P. Lovecraft of it all, maybe they own the literature rights to this, or you know, the 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 movie rights might be a different thing. I don't know. It doesn't seem too complicated, or you know, uh, throw a couple million dollars uh, Brian Usna's way, and I'm sure he'd be happy to sell it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he would too. And uh you can also um you know, uh you can look up on YouTube clips of uh, the reanimator the musical. That still exists too if you need a little bit more uh Herbert West in your life. But uh let's go ahead and get into whatever movies we were thinking about when thinking of Beyond Reanimator. All right, here at the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, we like to play a fun game called Movie Math, where we just take a few uh, movies that are on our mind when we were watching this film, just as far as if you added this one or subtracted this one, um, you would uh, ultimately end up with the movie that we talked about today. So, Devon, what's in your equation? Yeah, so um, it was a little hard figuring out this one, and I've kind of pieced it together more throughout the episode. Um, One, because there wasn't a ton of uh, prison set uh, movies, but then I remembered uh, a, a few things. So in mine, in my uh, parentheses here, I have a uh, Cube Zero, which is the prequel to Cube. Uh, there are three Cube movies. I would love okay. to go through those at some point. Um, it probably won't do it for a month, but maybe there'll be a Patreon franchise to explore at some point. Because um, I actually really like that trilogy. Um, but in the prequel to um to cube is like uh one of the people that is like uh, one of the guards essentially of this cube uh death trap prison that they put people through and it's a it's a experiment too in a way and uh one of the people one of the guard or there's two guards watching and like they're kind of having this conversation and then uh, one of them feels bad so he decides to go in and try to help the people that are in the cube gotcha um so kind of uh the the reason i uh put that one in is just kind of uh the idea of like uh where did i i, I kind of had more of a thing for this and now i kind of lost what my point was I, I can't help you i haven't seen uh cube or um, cube zero or any of the cube films so uh i can't throw a life raft to you i guess it's a uh, more of uh the oh it was i guess with phillips uh kind of deciding to uh you know put himself in to the situation of you know something that he's already kind of uh, been involved with and he uh, kind of in incites uh, this you know prison to like kind of implode in on itself gotcha uh, in a way so I kind of went in that in that route um, came out around the same time uh, and then I added that with spiral from the book of saw <laughs> that's what you get from me just a big old fart noise because um again phillips being influenced by the trauma of his sister dying by a reanimated corpse uh and then essentially becoming a protege to herbert or that inspires him to become a protege to herbert west yeah um it isn't the same as the detective being influenced by you know seeing uh his dad die and then taking up the mantle of jigsaw but in a similar way, mm-hmm. um, it, it kind of does a little bit of the same thing. So put those together, and I'm going to uh, divide it by face-off and because I'm only going to take certain elements because this movie wishes it had. I was if this say, movie I was had, like this movie doesn't even hold fucking face offs, dick. Like, there's no way. <laughs> no, so it, curious it, to see what you say. <laughs> I, it, it, only for one, um, the 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 prison setting on the inside. But there's a moment because I'm really just taking kind of a specific moment. 
Um, there's a moment where they're inside the death house and uh and so you have Laura who is the whole since she's been reanimated but then they use the the uh, brain plasm of the warden so she's been going back and forth between being her but then having these like influences of the warden so she's going back and forth playing herself and the warden the warden is playing himself and playing part rat and then so it's like that reminded me of you know and then there's um in face off you know uh the the scene where uh john travolta is playing caster troy but it's nick cage it's nick cage playing john travolta's character trying to act like caster troy uh during this prison riot yes and just those two moments were very similar so it was actually very hard to come up with one for this uh I'm a mess. What it, about you? It is a bit of a mess. I'm actually pretty proud of my equation here. Uh, we were talking about uh, prison movies uh, that are horror movies as well. Uh, I added Human Centipede Three. Uh, Almost put that one. So there. I'm. I'm. Uh, this is in parentheses, divided by another one. You and I have kind of roughly established that division is just like elements of it. Yeah. So mostly that element, Human Centipede Three, is like a much darker, like more fucked up, like meaner movie. Uh, but it's. It, this is kind of the the prison experiment kind of angle. Again, would have been the case if the warden like yeah, was with, in on with this wardens and, and all that kind of stuff yeah. too. Uh, divided by Psycho Two. Um, again, not for many other reasons other than it is a sequel to a movie like far after the original um, in a legacy sort of way. Uh, and the, the main character is able to sort of like reflect, be thrust back into the situation that they've been so far removed from. Um, so really uh, only that element from Psycho 2. Um, but I'm multiplying it for American Mary uh, because of like similar kind of vibes you've got those early 2000s body horror like body modification sort of vibes here um it's nowhere near as i guess progressive as american mary is in some ways um uh, american mary is i think much more of an empowering movie than Mm -hmm. than this is so um uh, mostly in those early 2000s body horror sort of scientific mad scientist sort of way um, I, I, I think that it's, it's not quite as close as some of our other, uh, some of our other movie maths are. Um, but yeah, I think you take all of those and it, it roughly, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of the uncanny valley of, of what this movie is. <laughs> yeah. I, I still need to watch American Mary. It's been on my list. I actually that's almost, on your, I thought that was like a, a big favorite of yours. Why was I think is that the end? That's American like, Psycho. I like that. One. I know that. I thought, <laughs> is that the Mandela effect of our pod that I just thought you really liked American Mary? Huh? I mean, I think it, it, that might be uh, you. You know my taste well by now, so maybe it's because I'll what. probably uh, you like let it. you let me borrow a Blu-ray. I'll, I'll bring that one over next time because I, I own American Mary. You can you oh, can yeah. go ahead. And watch I, that. I actually almost watched it like the other day, actually. So I do need to uh, get on that. And uh, I see uh, that one get uh, it's uh, got. I've seen it on Twitter a lot more lately. It's been one of those ones that uh, people have been like, been "Hey, this is uh, like really really good." Um, so yeah, excited to get into that. Yeah. A little sloppy on our movie math around this one, but Hey, it hey the movie's sloppy. So give us a break. It happens. And, uh, I guess for, I mean, this will probably be pretty easy. Um, how do you rank the reanimator movies? Uh, in release order, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, I said that bride is close to being cause bride is a little bit more my tone that I like, but I will say that reanimator one is still better for its tightness and um 
and uh, and tightness I, in a lot of ways because it's also like pretty tight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, but as far as uh, just uh, being uh, the the most streamlined and like right. you know straightforward and everything. So yeah. so yeah, I I would be inclined, but I'll say Bride is closer to the first one for me yeah, than it is for you. Yeah, I would say like the 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 chasm between one and two is nowhere near as wide as like between yes. two and three for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not that three is like completely irredeemable or anything but um i, I really enjoyed uh two uh but one is is literally one of my favorite horror movies so uh, uh yeah it's it's um uh, it's i would say it's overall like it's got a pretty good success rate i would say honestly as far as like grade point average goes it's got a better success rate than one of the other series that we'll be talking about uh on our next episode so <laughs> yeah yeah so um but yeah if you uh got to the end of this and uh, you still haven't watched it uh yeah beyond reanimator it's a worthy entry it's not bad um, but I would say it's still worth it or at least uh, go watch uh, the Dead Meat episode on it because he does a co-account on this one. So there yes. you go. You have that if you don't feel like watching the whole thing. Um, but yeah, next week we have uh, this is our Halloween extravaganza. Um, it is the season. And in 2020, I did an episode with Nolan Dean and we uh, we did an episode where we pretty much talked about Halloween's one and two. And then Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2. And I think we might have like said a few things about the 2018 one in there, but we didn't really get into it much. So this episode will be uh, focusing on the David Gordon Green trilogy of Halloween, uh, uh, mainly focusing on Halloween Ends, which just came out. If you guys haven't seen it, get yourself caught up. It's on Peacock right now. Uh, you can go ahead and watch that. I know that <clears throat> we're going to have like an esteemed panel of guests uh, mm-hmm. with a myriad of different opinions on not just this movie, but this entire franchise. Uh, people are like, oh, Halloween Ends is so divisive. I'm like, have you seen any fucking Halloween movie? They're all so divisive. <laughs> like you ask people to rank these movies and like the first two People are like, you kind of get the same answers. And then after that, it's anybody's fucking guess. Uh, so oh, this people's movie, rankings are all over the place. All over the map. So uh, I saw someone have number four at their number one spot the other day. Outrageous. The Halloween Wild. fans are just so out of Wild. pocket. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be talking about that. Uh, I certainly have my thoughts. If you guys uh, uh, follow me on TikTok, I did an earlier uh, a review of that got to see that at the uh, premiere of beyond fest which was a lot of fun uh my opinions on the movie are less than fun so excited to be discussing that yeah yeah so uh do your little bit of catch up if you need to go back and uh, check out the halloween episode from a couple years ago uh garrett's tiktok and uh where else are you on the socials oh you guys can find me over uh at letterboxd uh just at garrett mcdowell which is also my twitter if you want to see some movie thoughts on either of those platforms um also have uh, my other podcast the scum and villainy podcast we discussed uh, star wars uh weekly episodes are dropping every tuesday or uh, uh tuesday night in, uh, uh, early wednesday morning because of uh, the way that disney plus releases their shows but we'd love to have you over there Yes, yes. Make sure you're following. And we always put all the links to all that in the show notes in case you didn't know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore daddy disco uh, doing uh, the same old things I'm always doing. Um, at the end of the month, uh, we will start dropping episodes for Pins and Pleasure, which is where me and Chandler Bullock are going through all the Hellraiser movies and uh, talking about our feelings. It's a, it's a, We've done a few episodes and they're really great. So uh, those are going to start dropping here soon. So make sure you go to uh, his podcast feed, The Beauty of Horror, and that's where that will be dropping. And then you can also hear me in the Tournament of Champions on the Incinerator podcast, 
uh, where I went up to bat against uh, three gentlemen and we duped it out over Alfred Hitchcock movies. And uh, it's a wild time. Uh, uh, Garrett, you need to listen to it. I feel like you're going to have lots of feelings about it. But I think at the end of the episode, uh, you, I, I was very happy with my performance uh, being a Hitchcock neophyte in the uh, in the ring with people that were all big Hitchcock fans so yeah. it was a it was a fun time so it, it's also been a pleasure to uh, uh, see your your journey through Hitchcock because you were kind of a, a little guppy into the Hitchcock world to, so to see you kind of explore uh, uh, his filmography and get your thoughts on some of those is, as a total noob it was fun yeah yeah I'm, I'm down with Freddie Hitch I'm, I'm down with him <laughs> I, I can get down but now go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, rate us five stars. Leave a little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted. <laughs>